the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. My country cheers me. Sweet land of liberty of Beyonce. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. Oh, yes, indeed. It is every bit of that good morning. It's eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Thursday, the 31st and final morning of the Eighth month in the year of our Lord, 2023. We've got a nice program coming up for you in just minutes. We don't usually take guests in the monologue segment of the show, but uh, I want to talk to Steve Dace this morning, and we're going to be doing that. Steve Dace is a national host. He is a uh, phenomenal filmmaker as well. He is the man responsible for Nefarious, which is uh, something if you have not yet seen, you should see. And he is also very, very active in uh, the uh, presidential um race the primary republican primaries as a ron DeSantis supporter and an endorser and uh he's going to come on to tell us why he's going to tell us a little bit about uh, uh what made him go so public with this putting in jeopardy a lot of support from trump supporters uh that he might have on his programs and uh he's willing to talk about it so we're going to talk about it i've told you before as well that i think ron DeSantis would make a phenomenal president uh in fact i he's my first choice but I will also be thrilled and excited if any one of our Republican not, uh, candidates becomes a nominee, including the former president, uh, particularly because I want to jam it in the eye of the left. 
I want to jam it right in the eye of the left that is trying to stop him with these completely unheard of and ridiculous indictments. Uh, so I am a supporter of the Republican nominee, whomever it might be, but I also like Ron DeSantis. And I, this story, I just, I'm going to hit before I get to Steve Dace. By the way, Dr. Everett Piper, of course, is coming on after the, um, uh, top of the 10 o'clock hour, as he does each and every Thursday. But this this is a DeSantis story that I think is absolutely phenomenal. This is what I think leadership looks like. How many times did you and I rage at the rioters and the looters in the aftermath of either protests gone wild that became riots or uh, national disasters? Natural disasters, excuse me. How, how many times have we seen looting, smashing, grabbing, profiteering uh, while all of this is going on? Governor Ron DeSantis speaking yesterday from Perry, Florida, in the aftermath of Hurricane Adelia, which they are working through uh, at breakneck speed to get power restored and uh, to begin the, you know, the cleanup. Um, Governor Ron DeSantis had a message that he stated yesterday that I just think is worth all of our time to hear. Governor Ron DeSantis addressing uh, the possibility and the prospects of people profiteering off of the tragedy and the disaster. The sheriff about kind of some of the challenges. They did get a lot of water down there. There's no question. They have not received uh, any any call uh, regarding uh, a fatality as a result of that storm surge, but that's that's up to this point. I mean, so you know, we'll we'll see what happens as people go down there. So there's going to be a lot that's going to need to be done in that area. They got an awful lot of water. There are reports of people trying to loot uh, down in Steenhatchee, and I've told all of our personnel at the state level. You know, you you protect people's property, and and we are not going to tolerate any looting in the aftermath of a natural disaster. I mean, it's just ridiculous that you would try to do something like that on the heels of an almost Category 4 hurricane hitting this community. I'd also just remind potential looters that people, you never know what you're walking into. People have a right to defend their property. Uh, This part of Florida, you got a lot of advocates and some proponents of the Second Amendment. And I've seen signs in different people's yards in the past after these disasters, and I would say it's probably here. You loot, we shoot. You never know what's behind that door. If you go break into somebody's house and you're trying to loot, uh, these are people that are going to be able to defend themselves and their families. While abiding by the law. You just heard it. Governor DeSantis essentially endorsed, you loot, we shoot. If you are planning to to you know profit off of the misery of others and go into people's property, homes or stores or what have you and steal from them and loot from them, if you get shot, that's on you. They're even putting out signs warning people, you loot, we shoot. So if that is what happens to you, be aware that people are going to protect their property. That is a strong statement. And that to me is exactly how it should be. Warn people ahead of time what is exactly coming their way. You loot, we shoot. This is this is the essence, in my estimation, of leadership. 
This is exactly what it's supposed to look like and what it's supposed to sound like. Now, sound like. Now, beyond that, of course, uh, we can certainly talk. Oh, and, and I'm just told our guest is ready, so let's bring uh, onto the program Steve Dace, filmmaker extraordinaire. Uh, Steve Dace, a national radio show host. Steve Dace, uh, uh, child of the King of Kings. I love the bios on uh, on Twitter. Uh, and uh, he is a Blaze TV host as well, two-time best-selling author, and we told you about Nefarious. Steve Dace, thank you for joining us this morning here in Cleveland, Ohio, on AM 1420, The Answer. It's good to talk to you again. How are you? I'm doing well. And uh, my wife and I actually just took a little mini vacation to your city. Two weeks really? ago, and enjoyed ourselves quite a bit. So, thank oh, you. that's wonderful! I wish you would have known you were in town. We would have loved to have you in the studio. That would have been fun. Uh, next time, let's let's try to make that happen. Uh, so, Steve, um, I, w- I was just talking about the statement uh, made yesterday by Governor DeSantis down in Florida, in which he essentially gave his endorsement of the mantra. He said, "In the state of uh, Florida, this is the law. Uh, if you try to break into someone's property and steal from them, take from them, you can get shot." And they're putting signs out saying, uh, "You loot, we shoot." So he's advising all though all of those who might look to profit off of the misery of the hurricane Idalia uh, to let them know, uh, "You loot, we shoot." What are your thoughts? I think that the last 24 hours have just been stunning. Uh, I think we've watched Ron DeSantis guide his state through yet another crisis, a Category 4 hurricane, and hundreds of thousands of people saw their power restored uh, before they even got to, got up in the morning or went to bed the next morning. All three major airports, Gainesville, Tallahassee, um, in that area, um, I can't remember the third, all reopened. I mean, we're, this is almost old hat. I mean, we saw him do this with an even worse hurricane a year ago. We saw what he did with COVID. Just a ruthless level of efficiency. No drama. Just a functioning adult. Just handling his business. Leading people. Not an insignificant amount of people, by the way. This is the third largest state in the union. And he moved it in one term. Uh, he moved it to be redder than Texas in one term. And, and I think that the contrast of that, with Trump coming on, my network, The Blaze, telling Glenn Beck he has no regrets for what he did during COVID, we still have not fully, um, or st- the ongoing destruction of lockdown and Operation Warp Speed, the poison poke, continue. He's completely confident. History will judge him, will judge him rightly, he said, and he did a great job. To only then come out and then gaslight his own base and say that we have to stop the COVID tyrant. I mean, I, I just think, you know, and, and then he's got two members of Congress and Matt Gates and Byron Donald. This is Matt Gates' district mm. who will who are not sharing on social media any information from the governor's office at all about a hurricane, because that might, you know, make Ron DeSantis look good in a presidential um, race. I, I just think. Are you serious about that? Are you serious? Yes, I, I, I have no idea. I, I, first of all, first of all, I, I love Byron Donalds. Uh, just to, you know, to clarify, I love and I love Matt Gates too. I think they are very wonderful, outspoken conservatives who are doing everything they can the right way for the country. I like them both. I know they are both Trump surrogates, and and I'm okay with that. But I am not okay with what you just said, Steve. You're telling me Same they're here. not participating in sharing the information. I was rooting for I, w- I was rooting for Matt Gates when he stood up to Trump and tried to stop McCarthy from becoming Speaker. I was rooting for him. OK, I'm with you. But this is ultimately where and, 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 and prior to March 16, 2020, Donald Trump was a great president. After March 16, 2020, made every conceivable mistake. And that's why we're here today. And so what I see in Ron DeSantis and, and, and first and foremost, we have to win this next election, period, period. 
We're going to go from you can't afford a new car to you can't afford your car. We're going to go from you can't afford a new house to you can't afford your house. They're going to go from youth from mutilating the kids to euthanizing them. We have to win this next election, no matter whose name is on the back of the jersey. We have to win this next election. Have Agreed. to. Agreed. But, but, but then there's only two guys that are going to be this nominee, and it's the two guys we're talking about now. One of them, by the way, has to, has to navigate 41 sham indictments. Now, they're all a sham, but going, going 41 for 41, brother, in any contest is hard, okay? All they've got to do is land one felony, and they've just got to do it in, a ju- in one place like D.C., in a jury pool that will convict him for being Donald Trump on a sunny day. And that's all they need to then have their, to have blue secretaries of states and must-win swing states, Nevada, Arizona, Wisconsin, to come out and say, we're get- he's disqualified from the ballot. And we on the state side, we decide that we don't have federal elections. We have 50 state elections. Each state determines ballot access, all that kind of stuff, their own voting laws. And they're going to come out and they're going to say he can't be on a ballot. And we're going to be spending weeks Steve, and months Steve, let me, let me, let me stop you there. Let me stop you there because we'll get into a whole bunch of other things and I won't be able to come back to that. How do you know that? Do you have you seen what it, the, the, you know? Have you seen statements from, or is it the books that felons in those states cannot be on the ballot? They're already writing about it, and and we just and these are the same people that just stole the last election, who dropped off 4 a.m. Uh, completely uniform uh, with no chain of custody absentee yeah. ballots in the last election. So. Well, I don't know well, why I'm well. I'm well aware of. I'm well aware of their ability to rig elections, to steal elections, and the 2020 election. You and I both agree was stolen from Donald Trump. It was criminal. It was one of. The, it is the worst moment in my estimation in the history of presidential politics. But I just want to know what the laws in these particular swing states say because you're making some some statements here that they will not allow him if and when he is convicted and railroaded in any one of the charges that they will. Yeah. They will actually disqualify him from the ballot. Yeah, communists don't care about laws. Don't quote laws to, to men with uh, with guns or red books. They don't care. I mean, uh, Maricopa County made it very clear last year. It doesn't care what the election law is. Pennsylvania doesn't care what elections law. What, you, you know, Republicans are supposed to be able and Democrats alike to monitor vote counts. Well, now you can't. And we, we blacken the windows them up so you can't count them. These okay. people don't care about laws. And I think the odds he's going to go 41 for 41 are low. And I think we've only... that. So to me, it's very practical to do to, to to endorse DeSantis if I just don't think the other guy is going to be on the ballot. Okay. Number two, I live in Iowa, and so this process is in my backyard constantly. Um, it's how I first got involved nationally was through the presidential process. So, like you know, I'm very intrigued by the Arizona Senate race. It looks like we'd have Carrie Lake versus Blake Masters out there. But even though I do a national show, I don't live in Arizona, and I don't think a lot of people in Arizona care what I think. So I'll just follow and cover it. In this case, this is my backyard, and I know a lot of the activists. I worked for the Cruz campaign the last time around. Um, you know, I helped organize the Mike Huckabee campaign my first time around in 2008. So the idea that I'm going to be a, you know, a passive participant when this is going on in my backyard, I just thought that puts me in a position as a host to lie to my audience and, and pretend to be something on the air that I'm not. And so it's best just to be transparent as often as possible. To, to, to pretend to my audience like people are not calling me on the phone and asking me to do things, and I'm totally bi- unbiased and uninvolved. I just think that would have been disingenuous. So I thought my audience should just publicly know where I stand because okay. my state's going to go first. 
Okay, and, and, and I appreciate that, and I respect every single word of that. Um, having said it, though, um, looking at what the numbers show, looking at what the polls show, and both the national polls and the newest polls in Iowa, uh, it's very, very clear that, uh, that Donald Trump has an almost what I would call insurmountable lead, I suppose, pending the, 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 the trials. Um, will you see yourself, or can you see yourself, jumping back on board the Trump train if he is the eventual and inevitable nominee? Oh, I have. No issue supporting the guy that overturned Roe versus Wade, which, by the way, like never talks about now. But I'll have no issue supporting the guy who overturned Roe versus Wade. That's the greatest culture war win of my lifetime. Um, and most people's lifetime, particularly if you're Gen X like me and the first abortion generation, I, that won't even be debatable to me. But I also okay. will tell you, you know, <clears throat> I do find it funny. What, do you know, because I'm asking my own audience. Mm-hmm. What is our official policy with polls? Are we are we are are we following the polls from the new <clears throat> from the media that hates us? Do we just go with the ones that tell us what we want to hear? I, I, because this just kind of the last five years kind of seems to be all over the place. Like we we the polls that showed that Hillary had ninety eight percent odds to win, uh, they were all wrong. Uh, polls that showed Romney was going to lose, they were all skewed. So do, do we have a narrative on polls, or is every side just kind of just going with? If it tells us what we want to hear, it's good. I'll, and I'll it answer it for myself. It. Yeah, Steve, I'll answer it for myself. Mostly, I would not trust the polls for a lot of the reasons you just said in some of the past examples of how flawed they were and how wrong they were. But but I've never seen numbers like this. We're talking 40-point margins between Trump and the second-place guy, which is usually DeSantis, occasionally Ramaswamy uh, you know, overtaking DeSantis in the second spot. The numbers are just so gigantic. And as we know, and President Trump has said, I think he said prior to the Georgia indictment, he kind of quipped, uh, all I need is one more indict- indictment to lock this up. Because he gets more powerful from more, uh, it, it, you know, and, and supported by more people, myself included. I am so outraged at what they're doing to him, Steve, that even though I also like Ron DeSantis, I almost want to just go full on for Trump because I don't want them to win. I don't want them to be rewarded for their chicanery and their, you know, their unconstitutional indictments and everything else that they're doing to this man. Well, I, I want my kids to win. I think that it's time for another generation of leadership. Um, we've never had a generation in human history hang on to leadership for as long as this current boomer one has. And I think we are watching Mitch McConnell stroke out uh, for the second time. We're, we're literally holding our breath as Joe Biden goes up and down the stairs. Yeah. And then we turn around and say things like people this old shouldn't be president. And then we ignore the fact that Donald Trump is exactly that old. I mean, people, the reality is that um, Iowa is all that matters. We don't have a national primary. We never have. Iowa is all that matters. I, I can tell you, Iowa is extraordinarily difficult to poll. In 2012, the final polls underestimated Rick Santorum's support by eight points. That was the, poll, that was the compilation. That was the polling average. In 2016, 14 of the last 15 public polls had Donald Trump winning by an average of six points, he nearly finished third place in Iowa. You know, I, well, this is the largest lead anybody's had since George W. Bush. That's true. George W. Bush actually underperformed his polling by almost 15 points on cost state in 2000. It's very hard to pull Iowa, and here's why. It's a, it's a low turnout event. So we have 670,000 registered Republicans in Iowa right now. And the all-time record for turnout was 2016. We had 175,000. That would be only 26% of registered Republicans. 
On okay, top two, of that, two, two he, follow-ups to that, Steve, if I may. What was what was the the Bush uh, lead uh, that she said he underperformed in back in? Uh, in was oh, it the first time? Right, or the, at, 20, at this time in two thousand, it was about 30, 25, 30 points. And the final the final Iowa caucus poll, the final Iowa poll of the Register for the Iowa caucus in two thousand had him winning by twenty three points. Okay, and what did he win it by? He won by ten. By ten. Okay. Now uh, it, it's the the second follow-up that is when you talk about the. Uh, um, a low turnout. I, I, we had a, we just had a special election here in Ohio on August eighth. It was an issue to, to uh, an amendment to raise the threshold for constitutional amendments to sixty percent. Um, it is typically when you have an August election like this, special elections, it's tiny. It's mm-hmm. so it triple, quadruple, probably five or six times more than they thought. People came out. I feel like we're in a time right now where you're not going to see low turnouts in traditionally turn uh, low turnout elections, particularly now in this particular race with with respect to uh, Donald Trump. Do you really think we're not going to have a good, really strong majority of registered voters in Iowa come out and show up? No, we never have. In fact, 2016, because Trump was in the race and there was a curiosity factor there, we actually had our highest turnout mm-hmm. ever in the caucuses, and 175,000 people voted. But we've gone from curiosity. We, we've gone from the curiosity factor, though, to the persecution factor. Again, so there are people who are just livid at what they're doing to Trump, and they're going to come out. Well, I mean, I guess I suppose I've participated in every Iowa caucus since 1996. So maybe you know more about it than me. Well, no, I, well, I'm not trying to say that, Steve. Come on, let's not do that. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, to kind of figure out what it's going to do, and I'm looking at trending in other places. I feel like the vote right now, uh, there are more people active and involved in this, and I'm just wondering because, again, I, I like Ron DeSantis. He's my first choice as well. But I'm just realistic about a 20-point deficit, and even if Trump were to, quote-unquote, underperform to the level that you mentioned Bush did in, uh, in, in 2000, you know, he still won by 10, and I'm still still wondering how does Ron DeSantis win? How does he overcome 20 points, which is where it sits now, to to win that thing and, and restart and invigorate his own campaign? Well, notice we haven't talked about resume. We haven't talked about accomplishment. We haven't talked about character. We've talked about polls that came from the same people that told us masks were 100% effective against airborne viruses, yeah. and Trump's jab was safe and effective. That's all we're talking about. We're not talking about anything that is germane to the lives of people. We're talking about media, the, the psyops from the same media that told us that the election wasn't stolen. And if you say otherwise, you go to prison and mass work and jabs work and lockdowns were great. So on the ground in Iowa, it is very hard to turn people out. It is a, a caucus is not like a primary. You have, to, you have to actually show up and declare your vote. That's why it's always a low turnout race compared to a primary. Um, you have to vote the way the founding fathers did. You have to you have to show up and declare your vote. There's negotiating horse trading that goes on at mm-hmm. the at, at, at the voting center. In fact, they take they take place in the dead of winter when weather is not great. I'll, I'll just give you an example. In 2016, on the Cruz campaign, Trump should have defeated us. He should have probably won by five or six points. Because in his organization, though, um, was so anemic and he tried to win on a name ID, he probably left eight to ten points of support um, on the on the field. Okay. That with a if he had really come and worked the state organizationally, um, he would have been able to harvest that vote. And we 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 squeezed every last ounce of blood out of that turnip. Same thing's kind of happening in Iowa now. I mean, Trump has barely been to the state. Um, he has a very anemic organization again. I'll say Ron DeSantis has actually built in the Cruz campaign had the highest voting turnout in the history of the Iowa caucuses. Which where the DeSantis campaign is at organizationally in Iowa is dramatically superior 
to okay. where the cruise campaign was at this juncture in 2016. That's a good so, benchmark. That's a good benchmark, and I appreciate that history and that information. That's fantastic. I have one last question for you, Steve Dace, because uh, we're out of time here. I'm already going to blow past my 930 news break, and I'm okay with that, because I want to ask you about the Ramaswamy factor. As mm-hmm. he rises, not just because of the debate the other day, but as he has risen steadily over the course of the last month or so, the support that he is taking is from DeSantis, not from Trump. Trump and Ramaswamy, to me, are running a quid pro quo campaign. I will not criticize you. You do not criticize me. I'll make you VP, and I'll give you my endorsement in 2028. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how mm-hmm. I've seen it. And it's working. He's, he's, it, as his numbers go up, the numbers of DeSantis, uh, almost, almost an exact corollary go down. So this is a, this is a teamwork effort to try to stop DeSantis. Do you, how do you, how, do, how does DeSantis overcome that? I agree with your analysis, but I think that's largely been a national thing. I mean, again, going to... And I, I meant that nationally, yeah, not necessarily yeah. Iowa, just if, generally if you, speaking. If you look yeah. at the early states, the Vegas polling in the early states, that same polling that shows him rising steadily nationally, as you said, is showing him in the early states having really no effect, no rise at all. Iowa, he was the first candidate here. I actually emceed his first event in Iowa for two hours. Uh, he had worked he, For the first six months of, the, of this year he worked our state more heavily than anybody else has and iowans have just largely moved on they just don't view him as they like him they just don't view him as qualified um and this is just gonna this is a two-person race in iowa and in fact if we had the caucuses today my guess would be um nikki haley or tim scott would probably finish ahead of Vivek ramaswamy wow Wow. Okay, that's that's a bold statement right there, and I won't question your uh, your analysis of that. I'm just uh, I'm watching it the way things look right now, and again that rise in Donald Trump yesterday, praising him, saying he's a guy that he could see as a VP. You know, kind of alluding to it in response to the question. So uh, I'm curious to see how he goes from there. Hey, Steve, uh, on your way out the door, uh, how's Nefarious doing on streaming now that it's available there? Yeah, we did. Thank you for asking. We did very well. Um, we actually did better in the PVOD window. And, you know, I got to thank your company, Salem, was very helpful to that. They hosted our film and did a great job Absolutely. Um, in, uh, in promoting and, uh, and giving people a chance to see it through their platform. We, did, we made more money in PBOD than we actually did in the theaters. And so that went very well. Um, we rose to as high as the number two overall DVD in America the week that we premiered, August 15th. Uh, we're still number one in, in Amazon uh, in the horror and thriller category on DVD. And so it looks like this is going to be a profitable movie and to the point that we're actually discussing now. Uh, and we even announced uh, earlier this month that we're going to do a sequel series, actually. We're, we've begun very early work on that. So wow. We're very excited. That is awesome. And, and you know, because it is a horror, and, and it's it's so much more than just a typical horror movie, and people who have seen it already know, those who don't know uh, need to understand this. And I'm curious, will there be a, a, a big appeal for it uh, in a month when we get towards Halloween because of the horror genre? I hope so. You know, we're, we're, we're going to kind of market this to a lot of the thousands of churches around the country to that end. Um, and we actually are going to be, we're going to come out in October as well with a, um, a spiritual warfare uh, Bible study uh, based on the film uh, that uh, we're going to debut uh, in time for Halloween as well. We just finished shooting that uh, out in L.A. a few weeks ago, and uh, we're very excited. And just like the movie is largely a sit-down between an atheist and a demon, the, the Bible study curriculum we're going to launch in October 
is a sit-down between a Christian and a theologian about how to fight back against evil. So I think people like that quite a bit when it comes out here in about uh, well, a month and a half. Wow. You have been so busy. Steve Dace, I'm a fan. And by the way, we had you on, of course, talking about the rise of the Fourth Reich confronting COVID fascism, uh, the one you wrote with uh, with Danny, Daniel Horowitz. So between that and Nefarious and all your work uh, uh, on uh, Blaze TV, uh, I don't know how you managed to do it, but we appreciate it very much, and I appreciate you making time for us this morning. That's very kind. Appreciate it as well. And again, we loved your city, man. It's an underrated gem. I don't know. It's not Thanks. the 70s anymore, man. It's not the mistake by the lake anymore. It's a great city. We appreciate it. Thank you, Steve Dace. All right, there you go. That's Steve Dace uh, joining us. We blew past the uh, bottom of the hour news. We'll catch up on that now. And we'll- Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.